Let's talk about lab-grown meat. Is it ethical? Yes, in my opinion, absolutely lab-grown meat is ethical. But what do we mean when we say lab-grown meat? I think most people think of lab-grown meat nowadays in 2023 as meat that is grown from animal cells. So an animal is needed to harvest those cells from at least initially at the beginning of the process. And I think this is a really interesting topic because meat alternatives now have two dimensions. Like an XY axis, one dimension is plant-based and one dimension is vegan. So plant-based versus cruelty-free. Alright, so there are meat alternatives that are plant-based and are vegan. So they're plant-based and cruelty-free. They are not derived from an animal. An animal is not needed in the process of the creation of these meat alternatives. But there are meat alternatives that are arguably not vegan, but also not plant-based. But there are meat alternatives that are vegan, they're cruelty-free, but they're not plant-based. It's pretty interesting. So in this episode, we'll talk about three kinds of meat alternatives and the ethics around them. First, we'll talk about meat alternatives that are vegan and are plant-based. Second, we'll talk about these meat alternatives that are not vegan and are not plant-based. Third, we'll discuss meat alternatives that are vegan but are not plant-based. And this third category is what I find the most interesting and the most promising. And I'm using the term meat alternative as sort of an umbrella term to mean animal product alternative. So maybe I should have just started this by saying like animal product alternative, not meat alternative, but I hope you get what I'm trying to say. Welcome to the Friendly Veg Podcast, a show where we discuss how to navigate being vegan in a non-vegan world. I'm your host Serena, a vegan of about 12 years, but honestly I always forget how long it's been. I think it's been about 12 years and I'm also a machine learning researcher. I'm a dog foster parent, recently adopted a rescue dog as well. I'm a cycling enthusiast, among many other things. I think being vegan is one of the least exciting things about me. And I encourage you to sort of think about how you can, you know, identify with veganism, but also identify with it less and continue to focus more on what you are in addition to being vegan. But anyways, it's great to have you here. Before we get started, I want to give a shout out to two listeners, David's Vegan Life and also Vegan Pundit One. So they both left comments on the YouTube video for episode 16, where I discussed lean meats, ghost poops, and the myth of the complete protein with my friend Danny Lenavi. So David said, missed Serena in the last month, even though she's been doing shorts and good to see her back. Another excellent podcast episode and always good to see your guests. Love the podcast and love Serena. And Vegan Pundit commented, green heart emoji, paw print emoji, fist emoji, and green heart emoji. And I really want to thank Vegan Pundit and also David for your continued support. Thank you so much. It really means a lot. And I honestly look forward to seeing your comments on all of my videos. I hope I'm not getting like complacent and expecting your comments, but please keep them coming. They make me happy. So thank you so much. Now, if you enjoy this podcast too, please leave a comment on YouTube like David and like Vegan Pundit and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening would really help me out a lot. It really helps to signal that the podcast is something that I should keep working on. But if you're listening and you don't like my message or how I present myself as a vegan, send me an email, serena at friendlyveg.com. Tell me what I can do to improve because feedback is a gift. But okay, let's get into it. Let's talk about the three types of meat slash animal protein animal product alternatives. 
First, we'll talk about plant-based alternatives. So this is the first category. These are meat alternatives that are made from only plants, so they're definitely vegan. These are products like Yves, Beyond Meat, Impossible Foods, Boca, Morningstar, Alpha Foods, Field Roast, Amy's Kitchen, Light Life Guardian, Tofurky, Omni Foods, etc. There's a ton. And by the way, this is a very Canadian-centric list because I'm Canadian, I live in Canada right now, and yeah, if I had to choose, you know, based on how excited I felt when I was saying the brand name, I would say Eves and Gardein are my favorite. But what about you? What's your favorite plant-based vegan meat alternative? I love Yves because it's been around forever. I first went vegetarian in around 2008 and Yves was like my lifeline. I loved and I still love their veggie ground round because it's obvious that it's made from plants. You can see the soy protein in it. Because as someone who's been meat-free for over half their life, I don't want to eat meat. Yes, meat tastes good, but I'm so far past it. So when I see a bunch of meat alternatives on the shelf, I always find myself at the grocery store reaching for the whole food alternatives or the alternatives that are the closest to whole foods. But when I do want something that tastes a bit more meaty, I go for Gardein. Again, because, you know, their chicken, for example, tastes like chicken, at least their chicken strips do, but it doesn't make me think I'm actually eating a chicken. Compare this with something like Beyond Meat or Impossible Foods, I just don't have a taste for them. They taste too much like meat. I think it's awesome that these products exist because they allow for cruelty-free options for meat eaters who want to try eating plant-based, and also new vegans who are making the transition, or vegans who love the taste of meat but don't want to contribute to animal cruelty. I think these are all valid reasons to eat these products like Beyond Meat and Impossible but they're just not for me. But if we put these plant-based vegan meat alternatives on a spectrum from less meaty to more meaty, or more whole foods to more processed, Yves and Gardein would be on the whole foods end of the spectrum. Beyond Meat, not co-impossible foods, they would be on the processed end of the spectrum. These whole food alternatives, so think Yves, they're commonly made out of products like soy, so tofu or soy protein concentrate or seitan, so wheat gluten. Obviously, they're plants, but they're not incredibly processed. These more processed products like a Beyond Meat, for example, are made out of plants as well, but plant proteins that have been synthesized in a lab, like pea protein that's been, you know, selected in a food lab for their resemblance to meat. And as they say, Beyond Meat burgers, they bleed. But these products are still made out of plants. They've just been engineered to taste and look like meat. That's the first category, vegan and plant-based. Next, let's talk about lab-grown meat, also known as cultured meat. This kind of meat alternative is debatably not vegan, and it's certainly not plant-based. This second category is lab-grown meat, as it's normally referred to, and it's a new technology. It's only 10 years old. The world's first lab-grown burger was eaten in London, UK, at a news conference on August 5th, 2013, according to the BBC. To make this burger, scientists took cells from a cow at an institute in the Netherlands and turned those cells into strips of meat that they then combined to make a patty. But how did it taste? Well, one food expert said it was close to meat but not that juicy, and another said it tasted like a real burger. So that's pretty amazing, right? But really, how does lab-grown meat work? Well, it's pretty simple, at least conceptually. Execution-wise, I'm sure it's not that simple, but here are the steps. One, harvest some muscle from a live animal. Apparently, this is a painless procedure. So, you know, do with that information what you would like to do. Two, 
Take this muscle and dissect it to obtain stem cells. Three, put the stem cells in a petri dish in some sort of growing medium or some substrate that will have some optimal combination of amino acids and carbohydrates. Four, grow more muscle cells. The muscle cells will eventually grow into a strand of muscle tissue. Five, take the muscle tissue and layer it into a burger or whatever target meat you're trying to create. And that's it lab-grown meat in five simple steps. But there are three key points here. One, animals aren't killed to create lab-grown meat. Two, an animal is required in order to culture those initial stem cells. Three, the resultant meat is, well, meat. It's not made of plants. It is made of animal protein. And that is the point, to replicate animal protein. And not just replicate it, to recreate it, to synthesize it in a lab. Now, it's not just burgers that can be lab-grown nowadays, and there are hundreds of companies working on lab-grown meat. Some examples. WildType uses this technology to create lab-grown salmon. Upside Foods produces lab-grown chicken. Believer Meats, formerly known as Future Meat, makes chicken as well, but also kebab meat and hamburgers. And they raised 347 million USD in their Series B in 2021, which at the time was the largest ever investment made in cultured meat. That is lucrative. So lab-grown meat is exciting, it's cool, you can make a lot of money if you successfully start and run a lab-grown meat business, but Is it vegan? An article I found on cultured meat said this. By definition, a vegan diet does not include consuming meat or any form of animal products. Well, (laughs) I would say they're wrong, but then they go on to say lab-grown meat would not be considered vegan because the ingredients needed to produce the synthetic meat are all derived from animals. This is what I agree with. What makes lab-grown meat debatably not vegan isn't the fact that the end product is real meat that is made from animal protein that in fact is animal protein. What makes lab-grown meat debatably not vegan is the fact that an animal is required for its production because being vegan means you live in a way that minimizes harm to animals. Even if the muscle tissue harvesting procedure is painless. If we need animals to create lab-grown meat, then we are using animals for our own purposes. So this isn't vegan, right? Well, I would say it's a gray zone, but in my opinion, if the use of one animal can avoid harming hundreds or thousands of animals in the future, then I'm all for it. This is much better than outright slaughtering or killing all of those other animals in order to eat them. So that's it for meat alternatives that are debatably not vegan and definitely not plant-based. We previously touched on meat alternatives that are vegan and are plant-based, but there's a really interesting third category that's emerging. This is meat alternatives that are animal-free but animal-based. So they're vegan, but they're not plant-based. I'll call these microbe-based alternatives. So what is microbe-based meat? Well, as we discussed, plant-based alternatives like Beyond Meat are made from using plants. Cultured meat alternatives are made using stem cells from animals. Microbe-based alternatives are made using microbes. This approach using microbes has another name that I'm sure you're familiar with, which is fermentation. So to just level set, what is fermentation? Well, broadly speaking, it's the chemical breakdown of a substance by bacteria, yeast, or other microorganisms or microbes. There are three kinds of fermentation, so let's go over those now. 
First, there's traditional fermentation. You're probably familiar with this. This is fermentation in the context of making beer, wine, or liquor where sugars are converted to alcohol. Or maybe you're familiar with fermentation in the context of making kimchi, yogurt, or kombucha. This is traditional fermentation. Second, there's biomass fermentation. This is a bit of a less known technique, but it's what corn uses to create their mycoprotein. Mycoprotein, hope I'm saying that right which is a protein that's used in all corn products, and it's what makes corn corn. That's Q-U-O-R-N, by the way. The microbes through the process of fermentation actually become a protein, and they become the ingredients used to create this vegan meat alternative. The microbes become the mass of the vegan meat. Biomass fermentation. Get it? But it's not just corn that does this. Some other companies are Nature's Find and the Better Meat Co. Even Maple Leaf Farms, the huge Canadian meat giant, has partnered with the Better Meat Co. to create micro-based meats. So biomass fermentation can create something that tastes more like meat and has more of the texture of meat as compared to some protein like soy or pea that's completely plant-based. But it's still not meat. It's still not animal protein. It's animal-like, but it's still plant-based or really microbe-based. But unlike cultured meat, there's no question it is vegan because it doesn't come from an animal. But the third kind of fermentation, this is what creates animal protein, but it's completely vegan. It's called precision fermentation, where microbes are taught precisely what proteins to make. Actually, this is the process that's used to create insulin for people who have diabetes, rennet for cheese, and vitamin B12. So precision fermentation is Definitely something you've encountered, whether you know it or not. But what this means is you can actually place a microorganism in a specific environment and cultivate it such that it produces desired animal proteins. Isn't that interesting? And there are already companies across the world doing this to create not just meat, but animal products in general. New Culture in the US, for example, uses precision fermentation to create casein to make animal-based mozzarella that's completely animal-free. It's animal-free dairy, dairy that's free from animals. Biologically, New Culture's dairy is completely identical to dairy from a cow, but it doesn't require an animal to make it. People who are allergic to dairy will be allergic to New Culture's dairy too. It's vegan, but it's not plant-based. And I think this is very powerful. De Novo Dairy is another example, which is an African-based startup that makes animal-free ice cream, cheese, and yogurt. But De Novo Dairy previously made insect-based ice cream, but actually pivoted because consumers were more on board with ice cream made from animal-free dairy than ice cream made from insects. Remilk is another example in Israel that has their own animal-free dairy that they use to make yogurt, cheese, and cream. But it's not just milk proteins that can be created through precision fermentation. The Every Company makes animal-free egg whites using this method. And Dyadic, a company headquartered in Florida, reported in August 2023 that they made bovine serum albumin, which is a protein derived from cows. It's all very promising. Animal-free dairy is here. Animal-free egg whites are here. Animal-free animal protein is here. It's very exciting that we live in a time where technology has gotten us to this place. When it comes to ethics, microbe-based animal protein alternatives are the clear winner. No animal is involved in the making of these animal proteins. But what is clear is that all of these three alternatives discussed today, plant-based, lab-grown, and microbe-based, they are all more ethical than killing an animal to eat it. 
So I do think it's fair to wonder if lab-grown meat in particular is ethical because it's, you know, intellectually and scientifically interesting to discuss this, but I don't think it's something that we as vegans should worry about. If the world for some reason forgot about plant-based and microbe-based alternatives to animal products and only focused on lab-grown meat, this would still be better than killing animals to eat them. Really what I'm saying is lab-grown meat compared to actual meat, actual, you know, flesh, I hate saying it like that, but flesh that came from a dead animal, it's by far the lesser evil, it's by far more ethical. But what do you think? Is lab-grown meat ethical? Leave a comment on YouTube and let me know, or send me an email. So in summary, in this quick episode, just, you know, skimming the surface of these topics, we talked about three kinds of meat and animal protein alternatives. First, plant-based. Second, lab-grown. And third, microbe or fermentation-based. It's definitely an exciting time to be a vegan, but really, it's an exciting time to be alive. I'm grateful every day that I get to wake up and experience life with my friends, family, my partner, and my rescue dog, and all of you who listen to the podcast and connect with me on social media. Now, if you're still listening, I want to say thank you so much for sticking around to the end. I know this was kind of like, kind of just skimmed the surface of this topic, and if you want me to go more in depth, let me know. I'm sort of experimenting with the podcast, and I'm not sure sometimes how detail I should go into certain topics or if this should be more like a summary or introduction to different concepts. But if you enjoy my content, please consider supporting me by subscribing to my newsletter at friendlyveg.substack.com and specifically subscribing as a paid subscriber. You'll get access to even more tips to what I eat in a day, my meal prep plans, and more personal musings. It's only $8 a month Canadian to subscribe and in this economy that's like the price of a latte. So thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye!